3: Us to open the show today. Sure. There's a type
2: of hacking that's increasing, apparently, uh, called salami attacks or salami slicing attacks. The way that this works is that uh, people will break into several bank accounts all at once, sometimes uh, hundreds, sometimes thousands, and then take away, siphon off very, very, very small and unnoticeable amounts of money out of these accounts.
1: So we're talking like 25 cents or what?
2: Yeah, it can be 25 cents. It can be a dollar. And to be fair, this is a type of scam or hack that's been around for decades. Um, It was a major plot point in the movie Office Space. It was also uh, that they even referenced this in Office Space, a plot point in uh, Superman 2. Uh, not the more recent one with Ben Affleck, but the one with Richard Pryor and uh, Christopher Reeve. What? Um, so wait, yeah.
1: what, what are the references? So what? what is it? What
2: is it? It's, a, it, it's something where you are just taking little tiny amounts of uh, currency and funneling it into a larger account, but you're taking it from several different sources all at once. So it's not noticeable, but it's noticeable enough once it starts to accumulate.
1: Adam, isn't this just like the 749 whatever thing? 984. But yes, okay. it,
3: it's very <laughs> much like that. Uh, there was a scam several years ago where people would hit accounts, generally cellular phone accounts, for $9.84. They were called gray charges. And they were hoping that people wouldn't notice $9.84 because most people generally don't pay attention to anything under at least uh, two digits, so $10 and up. Uh, So this kind of sounds like an offshoot of that.
2: Right. And one of the things about it that's making it more uh, feasible or or easier for scammers to do is that in this day and age, we have a lot more things coming out of our bank accounts automatically. Um, If you have like an app uh, that's billing you a dollar a month, you're not really going to notice that. If you have 10 apps that are billing you 50 cents, a dollar, what have you, on a regular basis, it's a lot harder for people to notice, especially if you have something like acorns the investment app that just adds a couple of extra cents uh to invest in the stock market what have you uh, it's a lot easier for this uh, type of scam just to be hiding in plain sight at present but the other thing about it that i thought was interesting is scammers are also apparently using brute force attacks with this uh connecting to your bank account what they can do is try to connect through uh just entering in random or at least targeted bank account and routing numbers and seeing which one works Putting a penny or two into that account and if as soon as they have confirmation like okay this uh, connection was successful then they will start siphoning the money out of that
1: and uh, we're talking that, literally about cents or dollars or, or what is it uh
2: both either it, it depends on the scammer it depends on how greedy they are
1: you have any examples
2: of like specific things that have happened um there is a phishing scam that was noticed uh, actually in i believe in india pretty recently where what they were seeing was it was uh, it was credential phishing, but they would also be following up with that with the salami attack.
1: And the salami attack was specifically a small amount of money that was getting siphoned out of your account.
2: Right. In that case, it was just them being greedy because it was uh, meant to be a lead up to, say, uh, malware distribution, ransomware distribution. But they kind of felt like as long as they were getting those credentials, they're able to just say, like, okay, as long as we're here, let's also turn this into a um, means of getting a little bit of extra money before leading up to a full scale ransomware attack. Yeah, kind of. Why
3: not? You know, yeah. hey, because it's opportunity, opportunity. And these one thing we know about threat actors is they are real opportunists.
1: Travis, is there any way that um, our listeners can protect themselves against this salami slice attack?
2: Yeah, I think uh, one of the easiest ways is just to set up a couple of different checking accounts or bank accounts for yourself. Um, if you're, if you're going to have one account that is constantly getting a uh, little tiny bits, uh, extracted from it for Netflix, Disney plus acorns or what, ha- like take your pick, uh, keeping that aside from your main financial account, just because if that's something that you're putting in a small amount in every month, you're not necessarily, um, you're protecting that amount of it, but you're minimizing the damage there. And that's, as we know, one of the three M's.
3: And an analogy, an analogy here would also be where, You have networks in your home and you put your kids on one network and you on another just so that you want to be careful because children can be real explorers when it comes to the Internet. And you don't necessarily want them clicking on links or opening attachments that might involve kid related stuff.
2: Right. So I guess the way to put it is uh, the best defense is to pre-slice your own salami or <laughs> turkey or bread or cheese. I don't know why they picked
1: salami, but, you know,
3: just. And this is not necessarily cutting edge information we're giving people here. Oh, you know?
1: <clears throat> But, you know, it is a bit like this network thing that you're saying, Adam. But at the same time, what a pain in the butt to set up a separate um bank account for this. It can be. And it depends on your
2: app or uh, your bank or your credit union, because in some cases you're able to set aside, say, your Christmas fund or a tax fund or something like that. You can just do you can do the same thing with your app fund, for instance.
1: Oh, I have a I have a thought, you know, with my um, uh, Adam, you taught me this with my older child. I have a credit card that I've given her uh, a shared card on, but I can actually limit the amount of money that goes out on her specific card. In that account.
3: What's interesting, though, is that there are many financial institutions that don't do that, because I've <laughs> tried that on a couple of occasions. And some will say yes, <laughs> you can limit the amount that someone can charge on a credit card. And some basically say no. So it really, you have to ask your institution if they let you do it. But it's, it's important to do it. But it might be a way to
1: a way around it. Now I'm just going to be thinking constantly. There's this Russian guy who does parkour tricks, uh, and I became friends with him online, and now I give him a dollar a month, you know, on Patreon because I think he's cool. And you're right; I probably have twenty of those right now. Mm-hmm. Um,
3: but another way, I'm and it's a lot of- to keep track of. Another way to approach this, though, is also just sign up for transactional alerts from your institution that notify you anytime there's activity in your account, and then you have to be an adult about this. You have to look and make sure that what you see is what you expect to see, and it's not a surprise.
1: Yeah, no, I had one of those this weekend. Uh, I, I was sitting on my front porch and up popped two charges from JetBlue, one for $30 and one for $40 on my debit card, and I never use my debit card. My debit card hasn't been used once. So my number somehow got out there because I confirmed with my bank that it was my debit card that was used, and it was used. Now, to their credit, they refunded the money within an hour, and they closed down the card. But you don't know that these things are happening unless you have transaction alerts set up.
3: And a lot of banks actually condition their response on how quickly you notify them that you see something that doesn't make sense. However, I thought I was allowed to use your JetBlue card. I knew it was you. I knew it. No. And you
1: you really, honestly, if you do it again, I'm going to start using... Your American uh, Airlines account. Oh, well, all right, now that is a threat that does
3: disturb me. Hi, I'm Adam Levin, ringmaster of this glorious three ring cyber circus that we call What the Hack.
1: And I'm Bo Friedlander, cybermensch, reader, writer, thinker about all things hackerific.
3: And
2: I'm Travis Taylor, and by Adam's description, I guess that would make me the cyber bear on a unicycle.
3: But, you know, when we're really on the subject of setting up, you know, separate accounts for small charges, you know, one, one big problem that we face in this country is that we don't educate our people well enough, early enough, to be responsible cyber citizens. So our guest today, with a very interesting story, is Jennifer we are protecting her last name at the moment to protect the innocent. But, Jennifer, where are you from?
0: I'm from the Indianapolis area in Indiana.
3: Go Colts. Go Colts. So uh, what is it you do?
0: I manage an oral surgery office on the northeast side of the city.
3: What's that like?
0: <laughs> Every day is a new adventure, Adam. <laughs> it's, it's very interesting. I've actually been... At uh, the same office for the last 16 years. And wow. it's it's because there's every day is different from the last. So um, the patients are very different. The technology in oral surgery, believe it or not, has advanced, you know, tremendously, even in just the time that I've been here. So it's pretty cool. So are we
1: talking about people getting like new grills or like are we talking about teeth or like the whole um, jaw? I mean, what do you do? Like everything?
0: Um, it's mainly uh, wisdom teeth extractions, uh, dental implants, bone grafts, oral biopsies. Uh, from time to time, we have occasion to see patients with uh, facial fractures or jaw fractures. So
1: grills, but grills, lots of grills.
0: Oh no, drills. grills! Grills is a different uh, area of dentistry. That's, that's all right. Wait, I,
1: before Adam, before you jump in, because I know you have a ton of questions. I have one question. I have to ask it. I can't help. In the interest of science and Darwinian stuff, are people having fewer wisdom teeth these days? I feel like, you know, I've been alive now for a long time. And and when I was a kid, people has, had wisdom teeth, and that, but they don't anymore, right? We've evolved out of having wisdom teeth. So people only have like one or two.
0: Um, you know, the, our patients still have plenty of wisdom teeth. No they way. You know, that's yeah. That's kind of our bread and butter usually. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so it's not been our experience that fewer people are having fewer wisdom teeth. Every once in a while, we do see you know patients just with you know one or two, or sometimes we see patients with six or eight. So.
1: That's oh what.
0: Yeah, six right. You can have eight. extra. With some That's
1: toothpaste. awesome. Now that makes me think they're sharks. But um, I, I did when I asked because I only had one real one. Another one that was sort of okay, and then I had this little tiny one that was sort of shaped like mm, I don't know a toothpick. It wasn't even really a tooth. I still have it. It's super cool. But anyway, enough about me.
3: <laughs> so six, six, sixteen years. Okay, so. Clearly, you've taken root at this uh, at this uh, practice. Uh, sorry, I couldn't Purse. help myself on that. Yeah, had to, to throw that out there. Uh, but it's fascinating. I mean, I I need implants, that I'm hiding from. But I realize that I must face reality and do this, or else I will have no teeth because they will all crack. Mm. Uh, but it, it's a fascinating area, and more and more people are getting implants and. Apparently the process is getting less expensive because you know there have been advances made so
1: I have a question for I have a question for you uh, Jennifer, which is do you um, is your story today uh, in some way related to oral surgery?
0: No, it's actually completely it's, it's, uh, on the personal side. Oh.
1: So yeah, completely
0: unrelated. Well, so, all right, let's hear it.
1: Let, let me, let me hear what this is. Yeah. I mean, I, I was, I was expecting some very crazy story about somebody buying a Corvette with their oral surgery money.
0: No, I mean, you know, I hope to be there one day, but, uh, <laughs> no, this is actually, um, a story regarding my son. Um, he was 16 at the time that he, well, our family, by way of his activity, um, experienced bank fraud. Um, he had just had, I think, probably his first job, first debit card. Um, and we, you know, handed him the debit card and said, okay, be very careful with your transactions. Don't overdraw your account or you're paying your own fees. Now go be, you know, experienced and and enjoy this card. And um, he actually ended up, I mean, it it was a learning experience for all of us, uh, including my husband and I. Um, He uh, received a text message when he was at school one day. And the text message said, hey, this is your bank. We need to verify some activity on your account. If you would please give us a call at this number. And they said, hey,
1: do you think they said, hey, like, hey,
0: hey, uh, you know, they most likely did. And I mean, he fell right for it. Oh, man. Um, You know, they're speaking his language. And so he uh, called them immediately because he was, you know, sucked in immediately and um, Hmm. verified a whole bunch of information, um, who he was, where he lived, um, his Login credentials for his online banking. Okay. And his PIN number for his debit card.
1: Did he include his social security number in that mix?
0: Uh, he did indicate that he did not give them his social security number.
1: So, yes. ah, no. That's good news.
0: Yeah. So, and we've been monitoring that ever since this happened. So they said, "Okay, well, sounds like everything's in order. Thanks so much for calling. You know, take care. We're we're good to go. You can just keep doing your doing your thing." And I believe that was maybe like a Thursday or Friday. It was right before winter break for him. It's cool. And the following Wednesday, which was December the 27th, 2017, uh, actually, our family was in the car heading over to see uh, The Last Jedi. Perhaps to go to Star Wars? Mm-hmm, of course, 100
1: times. Yes.
0: yes. Um, and he received a phone call um, from the bank. Uh saying hey we just need to verify some activity on your account and he said okay yeah sure so he just wants to apparently verify with anybody who calls him
1: (laughs) same bank Um, i'm sorry same bank or bank with quotes
0: um it was the actual bank oh wow okay and they said have you been to chicago lately and he said no i've been with my family for Mm -hmm. winter break and they said, OK, well, because, you know, we see that there are these debit card transactions and now your account is seriously overdrawn.
1: When we um, say serious, do we mean like Corvette serious or do we mean like uh, dinner and a show serious?
0: More like dinner and a show serious. Okay. Maybe not even that much. Okay. But serious to a 16 year old. Right. And serious enough that they, you know, identified some weird activity and called like the actual bank, um, contacted him. And so after the movie was over, because, of course, we couldn't miss the Jedi movie.
3: Certainly um, not.
0: <laughs> certainly not. We went over to the our local bank branch and they let us know that there had been some suspicious activity, um, in particular, some checks that had been deposited via ATM and then immediately funds were withdrawn against those checks and so eventually you know through a series of conversations you know we obviously told him right from the jump that we had not or he had not been the person performing those transactions eventually it was discovered which I think they you know kind of expected at that point. The checks that had been deposited via ATM were fraudulent. They were payroll checks that were, you know, just, they were nothing. Ultimately, his account, I think it ended up being like four, less than $450 overdrawn. So again, not even a giant amount of money. To him, it was huge. And they asked him, you know, what what's happened? You know, have you shared your information with anyone? And he did disclose the information that he had shared with uh, quotes. The, you know air quotes bank and as soon as he indicated to them that he had mm-hmm. shared his pin number the, their demeanor like their whole posture just immediately changed and they said oh interesting because when you share your pin number with anyone else if they take money from you you're on the hook for it Like those transactions are not um, insured by anything. You basically just give give up all rights to any recourse that you would have.
3: Well, one thing that I've noticed with certain banks, depending upon the length of your relationship and the size of the money that you deposit in the bank, that you might still get some form of reprieve from them. But it, it's really you You need to know the bank well, and they need to, shall we say, value your patronage. Uh, yeah. And uh, any bank that doesn't do that for a young person, I think they really need to rethink their customer service policy. I say this as a former consumer affairs director for a state, but uh, So you're
1: saying that the bank should have been like, look, this guy is going to be with our bank for a gazillion years. Right. Let's give them the four hundred and fifty
3: bucks. Yeah, it's like we'll give them a pass on this. You know, there are some major tech companies that, if you shall we say, overplay your welcome when it comes to uh, video games and things, that they they'll give you one pass because their attitude is they would really like to keep you as a customer. Let's talk about weight loss. Most of us have been there struggling with the ups and downs. You lose some weight, then it creeps back.
2: But forget those endless cycles of juice cleanses, soup diets, and the latest fad workouts. There's a better way.
1: The Body program pairs a weekly weight loss shot with a real lifestyle change, so you can lose weight and actually keep it off.
3: Need support? Roe's got you covered every step of the way, and guess what? And $145 after that. Medication costs are separate. That's
2: ro.co/adam.
3: So here's the deal. I use Yahoo Finance. I use it to make money because it works. Not just because they're a sponsor of the show. Heck, I've been using them for years before they ever called to become a sponsor. I do a lot of investing, and I need to make split-second financial decisions. And that's where Yahoo Finance comes in. I trade stocks, and I trade options, and you can't trade them in a vacuum. You have gotta know what's going on. Yahoo Finance gives you the opportunity to look at the whole picture. I mean, breaking news, editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts. I love the customizable charts. They have it all. At Yahoo Finance, I'm part of a community of over 90 million users. You heard me, 90 million folks use Yahoo Finance because they're helping you on your way to financial success. Visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com, yahoofinance.com.
1: All right, so is there more to this story? What else happened? So when the bank said, hmm... Oh, I see. So you didn't, you know, the soccer equivalent of an own goal. You gave them your PIN code. They took your money. It's the same thing as actually giving them your $20 bill out of your wallet from their point of view, I guess.
0: Um, after that, what well, we did, you know, obviously filled out a bunch of paperwork, um, listed all the transactions that we uh, found to be fraudulent
1: uh-huh.
0: and they did their investigation Um. Because our son had disclosed his PIN number, um, I mean, they, they really did tell us that their hands were tied hmm. and that there was nothing that they could really do for us. And we did have a newer relationship with that bank. Um, but, you know, we had like our family accounts were there. You know, my husband and I both had checking accounts with that bank. We had our savings account. So it wasn't just like that you know, that our son's account was the only account. It was, you know, much more substantial than just, you know, the $450 that that we were talking about at that time. And so the, actually a a guy from the fraud department, from the the fraud investigations department called. um, He said that they had video of the man depositing the fraudulent checks and withdrawing the funds against those fraudulent checks. our son's bank statement even had the address of the ATM listed on it right um, and they just they basically told us that because it was such a small amount of money to them they weren't going to pursue things any further so in order to keep you know as far as identifying the individuals that had you know perpetrated the fraud in order for my husband and I, to keep our accounts in good standing with the bank, we had to settle the negative balance from our own accounts. Is
1: this a big bank or a small bank?
0: um I mean, it's a decent sized bank.
1: so if we were watching The Simpsons, would it be Springfield Bank, or would it be
0: I think it would be a bigger bank okay I think you would recognize, yeah, if you heard the name, I think you would recognize that.
1: Hmm. I sure. feel like they were they didn't do the right thing here,
0: yeah.
3: Really, they really so it was it was short-sighted on their part and it was not fair to you guys um, especially you know it's one thing if you're talking about somebody in their 30s and 40s 50s they say come on now you know you know the way the world mm-hmm. works this is a 16 year old boy I mean it's kind of like give him a break it's well, know, especially yeah. especially if they're right. saying that,
2: the, um, that they're not going to give you any kind of uh, mercy in terms of the money coming out of the account, but it's also such a small amount that they're not going to bother to try to pursue that any further. That's sort of a one-two punch right there.
1: Yeah, no, it feels like, it feels like, I mean, I'm older. I mean, I'm thoroughly Gen X. And to me, it just feels like some mean millennial kind of attitude. Like, well, (laughs) I don't really care enough to research this. Sorry, you millennials out there who may not be beating up on the millennials. Can't help it, man. So, listen, (laughs) I'm just saying, like, it's like, I'm not going to work on this. And also, like, you owe
3: me the money, but I can't be bothered. No, the the magic words are my hands are tied. It's like, no. Actually, a bank. They don't have any hands. <laughs> someone said that's why they're called bankers and not entrepreneurs. But, uh, <laughs> the, you know, the, this does bring to mind, though, one of the pieces of advice that we that we give people, the three of us, and that is when you're, especially when you're dealing with a young person, and I know the normal inclination of a parent is to have a bank account and give them a, a, a debit card that you may want to think about the possibility of not a debit card, but rather a credit card, uh, one that you monitor. Especially now, you can sign up for transaction alerts that notify you of any activity in the, in the account. You can do that with your bank too. Uh, but also, it has to do with the level of protections that are available. Uh, because with a credit card, remember, it's their money. With a debit card, it's your money. You Mm -hmm. have much more time with a credit card. They generally have a zero uh, liability policy. These days, used to be $50. It's now pretty much zero liability. It just gives way more protection, way more time. And also, you know, if you say, okay, well, this is a kid, and I'd like to have him or her understand money management better, and one of it is you can only spend what's in your bank account, and that's it. But with a credit card, it's just sort of like be an adult. Look at your credit card balances on a daily basis or sign up for transaction alerts. And at least you are better protected and the family is better protected. So you wouldn't have to go through a situation like this with a credit card.
1: I know. But, you know, Adam, if you're going to say like snap your fingers and be an adult, that doesn't really work with a kid because they're not adults. Well, then manage the account with them. Yeah. Well, so here's what my question was going to be. You know, I know you do this, Adam, (laughs) because when we met a thousand years ago, we did have the talk. You sat me down and we had the talk. Right. And it helped tremendously. I tell you something, having somebody who knows their way around credit and finance is a wonderful thing. And for most kids, that's us, right? It's the parents who, like, they, we know a little bit about finance and, and, and money. And it sounds like you did have the talk with him. I, what I'm curious about is, like, okay, so if the bank, I'm stuck on this bank, if they didn't want to help, they didn't want to look into it because it was such a small amount of money, did they have a program where they could help your kid get better acquainted with proper hygiene on banking? Or was it just, like, see you later, bye?
0: It was just basically, see you later, bye. Man. Because when they said you have to, you as his parents need to settle his negative balance in order to keep your accounts in good standing with the bank. Um, I hate that. I did express to them that if that was something that they were going to require of us, then we would not... Um, feel comfortable continuing our family's banking relationship with them. Well done. And they said, well, how about this? We'll credit you the $45 <gasps> in return fees. And then you can pay the rest of the money and then we'll be good. Right. What? <laughs> and you were like, yeah. sorry. Yeah. I was like, man, that's almost even a little more of a slap in the face. <laughs> Yeah. So um, they do not.
3: They clearly did not understand the concept of customer service.
0: Yeah.
1: Or customer retention. I would have been so out of there. Did you? Let me ask you a question. Are you still banking with them?
0: Oh heavens, no. Excellent. No. We yeah we bailed pretty much. Um, actually, we uh, settled the account uh, beginning of January in twenty eighteen. Um, let everything kind of, you know, let let all the stuff kind of settle out and, and return to a zero balance. And then we moved all of our accounts over to another large bank. Um, and actually, when I went to the other large banks, we've been thinking about um, moving to them. Some of our family members, actually, many of our family members bank with this institution and have for years. I met with the banker there and... Uh, my first question was, so, how do you guys handle fraud? And they were like, "Oh, <laughs> there's a the story." <laughs> what do you mean? So, um and you know, we've had thankfully no no issues with fraud. I mean, there have been sometimes where they've caught um some fun- funky activity, but thankfully it's never risen to the level that, you know, there've been any issues to the magnitude with it. Now,
1: Adam's going to have a whole list of what he calls the three M's type things for you to do. But I, I, before he gets to that, right. I know you have that, Adam. Am I right? I'm right. For sure. Uh, uh, Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So, but before we go there, I am wondering uh, if um, there is like now in your head, Jennifer, a talk now. I gave so I gave my kids both have a card and full, you know, and they use it and it, they. It is an institution where I can put a limit on it. And um, but I told them, you know, what you told them, uh, this is essentially cash. You know, this is a convenient way for you to pay for things. But at the end of the month, you got to settle up every month, and they don't really do it, and it's a point of contention. But at least they kind of understand it. But when it comes to fraud, what would your what would you your mom of that sixteen year old before it happened, knowing what you know now, say, how would you deal with it?
0: Um, I think the first thing I would say is never give your PIN number to anyone.
1: That's a good one.
0: (laughs) Never verify any of your information Mm. um, with anyone um, unless you look up the phone number for the bank yourself on your app and you call them directly directly and say hey i got the text message that you needed to verify some of my account information and verify that with them as needed yeah. and I, I don't know i i think too i've listened to enough of your podcast episodes that you know i would just say that you really can't trust anyone that you don't have uh, a good relationship with mm-hmm.
1: This spring, get out there, enjoy the weather, and recapture the magic of riding a bike That's L E C T R I C E Bikes.com.
0: Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.
1: Well, first of all, congratulations on having wonderful taste. And that you like all the stuff that you've heard on the show, and you're putting it into use in your life. But first, like, I did... Before... That was first, actually. Second, I did want to say there's one thing I noticed in your story that we didn't touch on that is important. And, and it is that that first call came to your son when he was at school. And I have no idea and there's no way to know if the, if the scammers knew that he was young and that he was going to be in school at that time. But the, the thing that I try to bear in mind at all times is no matter what I'm doing, whether i'm holding three wedding cakes one on my head and one in each hand i have to be aware of the fact that i may not be aware of the fact that i'm being targeted and mm-hmm. scammers are looking for that moment when i'm not paying that's attention.
2: actually one of the questions i had that uh, i don't think we're going to come to the answer for here um but how how they knew to target your son exactly um but that might suggest either uh, you know maybe your son was just giving out other uh, information of some sort but it's entirely possible that there's someone at the bank uh that was a little bit less than on the level that was helping provide the target creepy um, i huh. mean that i don't know it's not quite so common with banks but right now for uh mobile service providers that is a huge uh vector for attack which is people who work for the company um supplying access to scammers to sim swapping
1: Adam, Adam, what do you think of that? That's
3: no, I've heard of that sort of the oh, insider threat. The other thing is that a lot of these folks who are scammers follow people on social media. Oh, right. And is your
1: son, is your son on social media, Jennifer?
0: Um, he is. Yeah, he he is to to a limited extent. I think he
3: are you on Are you on social media? Uh, yes. Hmm.
0: We're on different social medias because I'm on. Facebook and he's too young for Facebook apparently. Um, <laughs> he's more Snapchat, Instagram,
3: TikTok. Those types of See, a lot of these situations occur because parents are on social media and people follow different people on social media. I mean, for instance, uh, what does your husband do?
0: He is in uh, software sales.
3: Software. All right. So, software. Assist. So, sometimes that they're not necessarily going after someone. They're going after the people that that particular person is affiliated with or people uh, that it's not even for those people. It's for the place where they work. And so a scammer will start with what they think is the weakest link and they'll start to move up the chain. And oh, by the way, if they can also nail some money along the way, they like that as well. That is so the, the
1: thing. It's like they could have been going after your husband for all we know, but they were like, oh, look at this kid. Oh, look, 400 bucks. I'll take it.
3: Well, no, and I'll give you another thing, too. They possibly, not to create paranoia, but they possibly could have come after you. Why? Because you work in a in a, a medical provider's
1: office. Ooh, with lots of expensive uh, procedures.
3: Yeah and, yeah. and and lots of patients. I'll, I'll give you sort of the ultimate scary example is hackers got into the network of a plastic surgeon in Beverly Hills. Mm -hmm. And they not only put ransomware on the network and try to extract a, a fee essentially for going away, but they then also said, what's it worth to you for us not to release the data on your patients? And then after that, and they got paid, they went after the patients individually and said, what is it worth it for us not to publish before and after pictures of your plastic surgery. Damn. And then they got some okay. of the patients to pay. So again, both of you work in situations that would be very interesting to scammers and hackers.
1: All right, you've, they- scared, you've scared everybody to death, Adam. Thank you. Can we be a part of the solution for a second here? And what are, Adam, the things that can help? What's the talk look like nowadays?
3: The question is... Does either your practice or your husband's company offer as part of employee benefits uh, cyber protection or identity theft protection programs?
0: Uh, I know that mine does not. I I can't speak for my husband. I don't know. Yeah, because
3: a lot of times companies now as part of their employee benefits programs offer help to people. So in a situation like if his company offered it, then... Uh, you would have had a professional working with you from the beginning.
1: Yeah, and that professional might have said, like, you know, I, you know, when they were like, we're not going to pay this, you could, they would have maybe helped you with that.
3: But Yeah, so, you know, these are programs that are available. That's the third M. The first M is really how do you minimize your risk of exposure, reduce your attackable surface? And for the whole family and for your, your kids, it's long and strong passwords or use a password manager don't share passwords across your universe of accounts or websites use two-factor authentication where you can this is where you start to log in somewhere and then a code comes to your phone you know a trusted device and there are also new ways like google authenticators and auth and several other ways that are the second factor of authentication third is the big rule which you yourself said Never authenticate yourself to anyone who contacts you. I don't care who they are. Hmm. Immediately get the information and contact the institution or that particular person, if it's somebody you know, and just ma- even something as simple as an e-card could be the pathway in for a hacker into your home network because you click on the link saying, oh, this is lovely. Grandmom sent us an e-card, but it wasn't grandma. Uh Yeah. If you don't
1: like e-cards and if you don't like e-cards, it's a really good way to make them stop because my cousin sends them to me. Sorry, Jonathan. Uh, And I don't love them. Sorry, Jonathan. But, uh, you know, when I, now he stopped because every time he sends one, I say, Jonathan, did you send me this e-card? And he got tired of it. But it's like it's a, bu- a
3: buzzkill, but it's a protective <laughs> device so you makes, don't get killed. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, don't let download every app in the world because it's new and cool and whatever. Go to a legitimate app store, read reviews. Freeze your credit and freeze your children's credit, which you now can do. And it's free based on an amendment to the banking law that was passed uh, a couple of years ago. So that's really the the first M. The second M is monitor, which means get credit reports, look at them, pay particular attention to what you didn't do, as opposed to things that you did. Track your credit scores to make sure they don't take a sudden precipitous drop. Sign up for transaction alerts from your institution so you know what's going on in your bank account, your credit card accounts look for now as a as a someone who works in a medical provider's office whenever you get a uh, explanation of benefit statement from your health insurer just take a look to make sure that it was really you or your kids or your husband that was really there as opposed to someone else who took information from the family and used it as a way to get medical treatment or crawl into their medical insurance this happens medical identity theft is is a serious problem and it's growing Also, more sophisticated forms of monitoring that have what's called the me, not me notification, which is not, uh, you know, I'm a bank security guy and the bank is being broken into as opposed to I want to stop the bank from being broken into in the first place. So it notifies you uh, sort of contemporaneously with somebody applying for credit. Dark web monitoring is important. And then the third M, which we talked about, was managing the damage, which is many insurance companies, financial institutions, uh, as well as HR departments where you work, offer programs to help people with whom they have a relationship get through an identity incident. And sometimes it's free, and sometimes it's discounted.
1: And leave your bank if they don't give you your money back. That's, for me, that's the big big hoo-ha lesson. I, um... But uh, it's, it was great to hear your story today, and I think the reason uh, it, it helped me personally was to hear how you navigate finance with your kid, because it is not easy. There is no easy answer to getting a young person to understand the red light, green light of identity theft. Um, but the PIN code story is definitely going to stay with me, because that one is, uh, is a very good example of what not to do.
3: Travis, any summation you'd like to give us here on what we've been talking about?
1: A statistic came out recently saying
2: that millennials and younger are now a um, bigger target for scams like this than the elderly, who previously were the uh, most common, uh, commonly targeted sector. Um, There are a few reasons for it. Uh, In a lot of cases, the uh, Elderly people with like grandparent scams and the like um, did not grow up with technology, so they may have uh, made a few errors here and there. Might not have uh, been quite as cyber aware. But with the younger generations, they're the ones that have grown up with technology and are used to oversharing and are used to just sort of trusting and providing that information out there. So that is um, right now easily the biggest and easiest target for scammers.
1: Yeah, and one thing I'll the one tip that I have is this. Whenever I get a phishing text, a phishing uh, text, or any kind of hack that comes my way, and I get a lot of them because I respond to them. I I like to play with hackers. I show them to my kids. And so now my kids send them to me and they go, look at this stupid fisher who sent me this stupid thing. And they know what it looks like. So I think, you know, when you do have someone come at you and we all know what these hacks look like show them to your kids let them get to know what they look like and and make it into a game like so that they can show you like oh this i saw one too and oh aren't they stupid you know and and on we go with our life having not clicked the link having not had a problem
3: jennifer we really appreciate you taking time to come and talk to us about this again we call this the shame free zone because we want people to tell stories because the only way that we learn and other people learn is by sharing the experience and hearing others share the experience and it's it's kind of putting a north star for everyone so we really really appreciate it thank you very much for joining us
0: Certainly I appreciate the opportunity guys thank thanks
3: you. Jennifer what the Hack is a Loudtree Media production in partnership with Large Media. That's L-A-R-J Media. You can find What the Hack wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to follow us on social media and find additional information at adamlevin.com.